Hello, my name is Theo Sapersky, and I proudly present my podcast entitled Salem and McCarthyism. In January 1692, nine-year-old Elizabeth Paris and 11-year-old Abigail Williams began having fits, including violent contortions and uncontrollable outbursts of screaming. After local doctor William Griggs diagnosed the girls with bewitchment, other young girls in the community began to exude similar symptoms. In late February, arrest warrants were issued for the Paris's Caribbean slave Tichuba, along with two other women, Sarah Good and the poor elderly Sarah Osborne, whom the girls accused of bewitching them. The three accused witches were brought before Jonathan Corwin and John Hawthorne and questioned, even as their accusers appeared in the courtroom in a grand display of spasms, contortions, and screaming. Though Good and Osborne denied their guilt, Tichiba confessed, likely seeking to save herself from conviction by acting as an informer. She claimed there were other witches alongside her in employment of the devil against the Puritans. As hysteria spread through the community and beyond into the rest of Massachusetts, a number of others were accused, including Martha Corey and Rebecca Nurse, both regarded as upstanding members of church and community, and the four-year-old daughter of Sarah Good. Like Tichiba, several accused witches confessed and named others, and the trial soon began to overwhelm the local justice system. This era of American history is known as the Salem Witch Trials, these trials occurred in the colonial Massachusetts between 1692 and 1693. More than 200 settlers were accused by each other of practicing witchcraft. 20 were executed. The tale of the trials has been associated with paranoia and prejudice since then, and it continues to captivate the public imagination more than 300 years later. English royalty William III and Mary II began a war with France in 1689. The war known to colonists as King William's War devastated upstate New York, Nova Scotia, and Quebec, forcing refugees into Essex County and primarily Salem Village in the Massachusetts Bay Colony. Salem's finances became strained as a result of the displaced refugees. This exacerbated the already existing competition between families with connections to the port of Salem's riches and those who relied on agriculture. Reverend Samuel Paris, who became Salem's first ordained priest in 1689 and was hated for his strict ways and selfish disposition, was also a source of controversy. The Puritan lifestyle was influenced heavily by the church and Christian beliefs. According to Discovery Education, quote, church was the cornerstone of the mainly Puritan society of the 17th century, end quote. Puritan laws were extremely rigid and the members of society were expected to follow a strict moral code. Due to this fact, anything that was believed to go against this code was considered a sin and deserved to be punished. The Puritans also believed strongly in the wrath of God and did everything they could to prevent themselves from receiving it. This is why the witch scare was taken so seriously and the accused were punished harshly. The first women to be accused as witches were those who strayed from the Puritan lifestyle and were considered to be social outcasts. The afflicted girls tended to single out the social deviants outcasts, merchants, tradesmen, and others who threatened traditional Puritan values. For example, one of the first accused women, Sarah Osborne, 
have been previously scandalized by the community for having premarital sexual relations and not regularly attending church, whereas another woman, Martha Corey, was shunned for having an Ill illegitimate child. The fact that these women were considered sinners played a huge role in their accusation and conviction. The members of the community felt that it was their duty to rid the community of such sinners since they believed to be working for the devil. The Puritans believed that the devil was real as God and that those members of society who were the weakest at upholding Puritan values and morals, specifically women and children, would be selected to carry out his work. Witches were believed to do just this and therefore were deemed punishable under Puritan law. The accused women mentioned above had failed to uphold the community values and were therefore easy targets for the devil and witchcraft. This argument played a huge role in their conviction by the court. As opposed to having actual evidence, these women were condemned to hanging based solely on the testimonies of several teenage girls and their own position in society. They believed presence of the devil in the community was well justified in the Puritans' point of view. It was a common belief that God would protect his servants unconditionally and would keep them out of harm's way. Therefore, when difficulties in the community began to arise, the blame was easily placed on the devil and the witches that were carrying out his work for him. Also, according to David Lennon, a prominent minister in the community had predicted that, quote, the Antichrist had only been about 20, had only about 20 years more in which to win converts and torture mankind, end quote. This meant that the devil only had a short time left in which to turn people against God. And due to the various difficulties in the community, the community believed that the time had come and the devil had already begun to recruit people in their community to carry out his work. After someone concluded that a loss, illness, or death had been caused by witchcraft, the accuser entered a complaint against the alleged witch. If the complaint was deemed credible, the person accused would be arrested and brought in for a public examination, which was essentially an interrogation where the accused would be pressed with questions in order to make them confess. If the interrogation at this local level were satisfied that the complaint was well-founded, the prisoner would be handed over to be dealt with by a superior court. In 1692, the court decided to wait for the arrival of the new charter and governor who would establish a court of oyer and terminer, which is a commission authorizing a British judge to hear and determine a case to handle these cases. The next step at the superior court level was to summon witnesses before a grand jury. The charges the person indicted would be faced with would be afflicting with witchcraft or for making an unlawful covenant with the devil. Once indicted, the defendant went to trial, sometimes on the same day as in the case of Bridget Bishop, the first person indicted and tried on June 2nd, who was executed eight days later on June 10th, 1692. There were four execution dates, with one person being executed on June 10th, 1692, five executed on July 19th, 1692, another five executed on August 19th, 1692, and eight on September 22nd, 1692. Several others, including Elizabeth Proctor and Abigail Faulkner, were convicted but given temporary reprieves because they were pregnant. Five other women were convicted in 1692, but the death sentence was never carried out. 
Rebecca Nurse and Martha Corey, as convicted witches, had been excommunicated from their churches and denied proper burials. As soon as the bodies of the accused were cut down from the trees, they were thrown into shallow graves. Oral history claims that the families of the dead reclaimed their bodies after dark and buried them in unmarked graves on family property. The record books of this time do not note the deaths of any of those executed. In conclusion, many innocent lives were taken from people that lived in Salem, Massachusetts. An apology has been issued by Massachusetts, and Salem is now changed to Danvers, Massachusetts. Many lives were changed through that short months of hysteria and fear. False accusations flew and innocent people were pitted up against each other. This just shows what a mixture of fear, hostility, and religion can put on a group of people in an unknown world rife with diseases and uncertainty. Lots of innocent lives were lost, and this was a sole product of the event in 1692 of the Salem Witch Trials. But soon, history would repeat itself. In the early 1950s, American officials constantly warned the people that the subversive communist interference in their lives should be feared. Communists may be hiding in plain sight, using their jobs as school teachers, college students, labor activists, artists, or journalists to further the communist agenda around the world. Between 1950 and 1954, when Senator Joe McCarthy of Wisconsin, a right-wing Republican, conducted a series of heavily publicized investigations into suspected communist infiltration in the State Department, the White House, the Treasury, and even the U.S. Army, hysteria over the internal communist threat, what we call the Red Scare, reached a tipping point. Over the Cold War, America experienced a similar Salem-like hysteria, with concerns of communist intervention into the government only increasing after the Soviet Union detonated its first nuclear bomb in 1949. Federal workers were hauled before loyalty boards on shady claims under the 1947 Federal Employee Loyalty Program, and their names were often cleared only to be convicted again and again. 8,000 people were eventually asked to leave, at least seven people took their own lives. The House Un-American Activities Committee began probing communist activity in Hollywood the same year in what some called an outrageous violation of First Amendment rights and dubbed a quote-unquote witch hunt by the hearings. In the early 1950s, Arthur Miller was a vocal opponent of McCarthy's prosecutions, and he says that he wrote the Crucible in response to the volatile political situation. He was intrigued by the paranoid world and how it influenced society as a whole. He eventually found a way to articulate those themes on stage when he came upon the tale of the Salem Witch Trials. It's easy to see the similarities between McCarthyism and the plot of the Crucible. A similar trend is the abandonment of rationality in the face of panic. In 1996, Arthur Miller published an article titled, Why I Wrote the Crucible, 
An Author's Answer to Politics, in which he discusses the play's connections to the communist scare. As communist paranoia grew, Miller became increasingly persuaded that he needed to write a play about this kind of collective madness. People who disagreed with the communist witch hunt, but preferred to hold their heads down and go along with it to avoid being persecuted themselves, intrigued him. Quote, I'm not sure what the crucible is telling people now, Miller concludes in his article, but I know that its psychotic nucleus is always spitting out the same darkly appealing alarm that it did in the 50s, end quote. Though we prefer to think of ourselves as being more civilized than those who carried out the Salem witch trials, nearly the same sequence of events has happened many times in modern history. The fear of witchcraft is ancient only because people nowadays no longer believe in the supernatural. Scenarios like these can be much more insidious nowadays, since witch hunts are performed among those who do exist. Of instance, there were leftists in the United States in the 1950s, but the overwhelming majority of them had no plans to topple the government or become Soviet spies. The danger lies in assuming that purely because someone holds a political or religious belief, he or she must pose a threat. In conclusion, both the lies and accusations of Abigail Williams and Joe McCarthy led to people believing things that weren't true. The Salem witch trials and McCarthy trials took place at separate times in history, yet the results were eerily similar. Many people were harmed as a result of the trials and their livelihoods were ruined. People that were deceptive, manipulative, and dishonest were present in both cases. Arthur Miller is able to illustrate the similarities between the use of terror and justice in both societies by utilizing the Salem Witch Trials as an analogy to McCarthyism. The Witch Hunts and the Red Scare both had common themes that would be important throughout history. Today, those who are afraid of people's views and political systems have a great impact in American culture, all thanks to Miller's disturbing portrayal of the McCarthy Trials. The witch hunts and the Red Scare are so important because they lead to the learnings of history repeating itself and the dangers of corrupt and ignorant attitudes and positions of power. So, the next time a chilly New England breeze grazes upon the branches of the gallows, remind yourself to stay educated so no more people or reputations be executed.